0: A reading from the first epistle of St. Paul to Timothy. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to use authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, And Adam was not seduced, but the woman being seduced was in the transgression. Yet she shall be saved through childbearing if she continue in faith and love and sanctification with sobriety. We welcome. We sent out a call today in the social media, Social Galactic and Telegram saying, please post your questions because we are going to be talking about Ooh, reading the scriptures. And not very many people posted questions. I do have a couple. Hans, Etherzar, I hope you're here. Um, and uh, they, they were good questions. We're going to carry on with them. But where was everybody? I thought I thought this was a topic that would excite much interest in trolling our scrolls and trolls. And then I thought, oh, maybe, maybe it's because we're ladies. And ladies are meant to stay silent and not teach well too bad we're here and we're gonna take your questions (laughs) about how to read the scriptures welcome to the mosaic Ark You're still here. I guess you want to learn from us, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I. so we were just talking. It's like we did this this stream last week on gaslighting. Did we just go through a black hole into some other time world? I, I cannot believe it's only been a week.
1: It feels like centuries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh, my gosh. Never mind. We're women. in a time warp. We are in a time warp.
0: Just to jump to the left.
1: No, I mean I I, I don't right. I don't Yeah.
0: I, I'm assuming everybody who's with us tonight has been watching everything else and say we've we've had some suggestions since last week that we should live in a you know a country in which Christians and only Christians have, you know, elected authority <laughs> and government responsibility and oh my goodness and 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 you know that that masked man on Intro Wars with, with his hand on the Bible saying we should live by it. As Christians, I, so I again we're very we're very topical in our discussion here. But what does that mean mm-hmm. to live by the scriptures? I think I think we may trigger a few people here, possibly. I mean, but we're women speaking about reading by the scriptures, and, and according to Paul, who I I hear I hear in the world of an unauthorized and 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 other channels in this platform that Saint Paul is not considered a, a valid resource anymore for Christians
1: no i think he's made i think he's made people unhappy
0: i haven't really been following that so i'm gonna rely a little bit on the chat 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 Mm. casey's asking who was that masked man ah well (laughs) yay which we don't know whether as I think yes. See, I watch all the guys' channels on unauthorized. Are you guys watching us, us ladies ever? Or are you just talking to each other? Razor Fist had a really great rant and he saying, you know, why should why should his name sound like a parliamentary vote? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like we could say it's it's yay as in hooray. It's yay as in Jesus. It's yeah, you know, Jesus, right? It's it's yay as in the the um Old English, or the Middle English version for the, it, it's, it's a variant, I'm certain he has thought about all of that. Although I've also heard it's, it's you know, the way that you can get around the contracts because he had contracts in his in his previously legal name, Kanye West, and now yeah. that he's yay, I'm not, it's like what happens when you change your name? Do all the contracts that you've had in previous versions of yourself carry over? We talked about contracts think- last time, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's what Prince did when he changed his name to the unpronounceable symbol. That was his way of wiggling out of a bad contract. He wasn't happy with his record label and he said Ooh. that he was basically unable to keep going as Prince, so he had to sacrifice his real name because his real name had become contractually ab- obliged to this particular record label. And so that's why he was walking around with an unpronounceable symbol as his new name. It was a way of trolling everybody because you can't hold someone to a contract when you can't even say their name. I like it,
0: and of course, yeah. seen as we live constantly in this amazingly overlapping internet web, I was downtown in Chicago on Saturday and saw there's a a Prince the unpronounceable symbol experience or something that's that's, mm-hmm. that's opened up there on Michigan Avenue. I hadn't seen it previously, and um, I the, the thing is they they have to say it, you know, the artist formerly known as Prince unpronounceable Label. <laughs> Yes. Because how do you pronounce a symbol? I was just before we started, I was reading, you know, there's a there's an interview, a follow-up interview with yay. after the Tim Pool Tim Cast episode walkout. Um now I've forgotten where I was going. Mm-hmm. Uh to, to talk he to and he he goes out to LA and he talks to, to yay. and um some of the other people there. And Ye is saying some very interesting things about English. And and English being like knives and 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 a sort of you know there's a violence in the language. We would agree with this, right? Our pirate, this is our pirate speak, which we have promised to do an episode yeah. on, and still haven't done yet. But he's right that there's yeah. there's that. Um, actually, I should I should have pulled this up. But babble at them for a second while I find this this quotation. No, no, I didn't I didn't think through. It's it's Cashman, the case for President Yay on Timcast, and there's something very interesting that. That he quotes Ye is saying about you know, get them into the into the room. They're in the room well, because
1: his his mother was an English uh, an English scholar. Yes, and
0: I've been reading I've been reading her <laughs> dissertation. Um, mm. She did a doctorate in education, so a, a teaching a teaching okay. degree. And her, what she was interested in was um, something she called that uh, she called it. She's getting it from some other conversations, but systems theory. Um, but okay. she herself, What is that? sorry, what is that? I, so I have yet to get to the part where she explains that in depth. I mean, she's tended to be talking about it as why, why in composition training, students can't write well, and that the answer mm-hmm. is going to be that you should train sort of across lots of different, um, uh, modes, I think. I mean, the problem is, as I'm reading okay. it, I'm just translating into it to it. Oh, yeah, I do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, of course, that's what I do. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, topically to the all of the controversy over whether or not we're blaming this that this or that group for X, Y, or Z, when Gavin interviewed Ye, there was something about, you know, what black people blaming white people for not being able to do X, Y, or Z. And Ye's mom certainly didn't blame anybody in her dissertation. She said, except bad teaching practice so Mm -hmm. i am hopeful in the long run that in fact what we're having here is a conversation about yes training in language and rhetoric and poetry she apparently i learned from a friend recently that um uh uh, professor west donda west um tried to set up a program here to honor gwendolyn brooks who is one of the great black american poets and that um she was also interested in um, russian poetry because of pushkin who was apparently Mm -hmm. um the descendant of an African slave, taken to Russia. Yeah. So she, yes. I mean, I, I yay comes from interesting, you know, professorial lineage that I am. I'm definitely worth, definitely interested in exploring further. But I wanted to say something. My job with the iPhone. We've talked about that. Um,
1: a lot of fa- a lot of famous European writers of African descent.
0: Dumas, he of the Three Musketeers. Yes. And yeah. Monte Cristo, yeah, yep. yep, yep. I'm still looking. You can talk,
1: please, please oh. talk. <laughs> I thought I was trolling you. Today. You got to troll me like about trying to find this quotation that I
0: was going to. Well, first off, you. Go ahead.
1: You're you're teaching as a woman. How dare you?
0: Teaching while woman
1: while female. Yeah, exactly. Uh, teaching while women. Teaching while women. So, well, there is this. Does it this mean, well, mean I have to become male again for this stream?
0: Yes, because otherwise I'm going to sit okay. here scrolling around, talking about language and not being able to find it. Okay, i, I went gone past what I read, so there we go. I mean, they are talking about... Um, he, the interviewer says, if you're president, I'm begging you to break up the CIA. Let's remove the if, he said. Of course, we've got to get the votes. We've got to create policies that are aligned with the Bible. We're going to empower Mm. people in their fields. Great CEOs, great teachers. Oh, I didn't see this. This is good. I'll keep going. Great teachers, engineers, pastors, farmers. Let's everybody join the 21st century. We dreamt about it in the Middle Ages. Now we're here. Medieval! Yes! He did it! He did it! Medi- yay! It's yeah. gone medieval! We're then the twenty-first medieval. Twenty first century medieval. That is exactly what we want to be doing.
1: Yeah, medieval electric. The medieval
0: electric. Yeah. Oh. Okay, here we go. So English, right? Um And the interviewer is saying, um, he's been a fan for a long time. And he says, right now, everyone else sounds insane to me. Why, he asked. Before I could answer, he said, because it's in English. Because what I'm bringing is something that's universal. Thank you. This is the pre-fall of Babylon. These are universal languages. When I speak in English, you know, words are like knives and guns. Words hurt. I understand words can heal, but not as much as a hug. So this is human connection and knowing that there are people by your side and on the journey with you That's what I like about so-and-so in his journey, you know, I wish I was at the diner Oh, this is the when Nick threw the drink at the diner Um, Mm. But there's Mm. there's this way in which yes um, It previously say um, at the end of the day people can have their followers They can have their cars on Twitter, but I have the best EQ on the planet the best gut on the planet, the best sensibility and taste. We're only 30% verbal right now. If I speak, it's a degenerate art for me to use English. So if I give you a rap in English, it's already degenerate. Because I'm not English, a 12-year-old English person from Britain is going to sound more intelligent than Jordan Peterson. They went everywhere with this because they're English, right? But also, pretty much everyone's more intelligent than Jordan Peterson. Well, oh wow, oh, okay, <laughs> so medieval Spicy. like we're in the 21st century medieval and the English, yeah. and this is actually all completely topical to our problem tonight, which is communication, um, and and authority, yes. and the, the 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 um, Marshall McLuhan, Walter Ong problem of the oral versus the written. So that mm-hmm, that the, 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 the we're there um, in, in the mode. Okay, so we do, let's let's check in with the chat since we begged them to come. Uh, My brain's gone all over the place uh, again. Yeah, so um, Mel is here, always hallelujah. Paper eating bear. Owen had a Paul week, which lasted a few weeks. Yes, well, we, we all live in the time warp right now. We have, right now we have, we've had a, a Paul week that feels like it's lasted. We've had a yay week that's lasted Who knows how long we've 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 catapulted from the 21st century back to the Middle Ages and then some. Yeah. Um, Jay, I was on vacation for Paul Week. Sorry. Okay. so we'll just go with what we are imagining. Mel says attribute tables. Casey, the Three Musketeers has been remade and is out in 2023 in the original French. Ooh. Paper eating bear. America's Europe. So that adds many. Lol, Jay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, is all it? right. So welcome, everyone. And we did what?
1: I said, is it? it? Is <laughs> it? Yes, yes, yes.
0: That w- that we had we had some questions, um, particularly Ethers are asked about the authenticity of Paul's letters, which I am assuming comes out of the bear the bear streaming. Um, and then and okay. then one of our my, one of my um, followers in Telegram asked specifically about whether early Christians had the gift of tongues, because they are known to be speaking in many tongues, so we are here already in the authenticity of the written versus the verbal, oral, you know, multiplicity mm-hmm. of languages. Where shall we start? <laughs> how how shall we tackle this? Even though we're women and not supposed to be teaching men, all, only women oh, allowed ident- in this, in this chat. Male we'll, we'll make
1: this. Screen. You're all you're, all
0: of you are honorary women right now, so that we can talk to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm rolling the harem um oh where do we begin with this well i was thinking of an argument that i saw online i posted it a, a while ago uh between an, um one of these canadian protestants i think he's a um uh african-american or C- african-canadian protestant and he was arguing uh outside with a, a bunch of his uh, church members then i've uh, Few Ethiopian Orthodox guys came up to him and uh, started to have a conversation with this guy. Um, so it goes for about half an hour, and uh, it's sort of it, it's it's an interesting moment because it's uh, it's a real um, uh, rev- revelatory look at the difference between christians from the apostolic tradition versus christians that have been proselytized during that um sola scriptura or only like uh, the bible and the bible alone without any oral tradition surrounding it uh, that kind of um protestant practice but right. so this canadian guy i forget his name i'll have a look at it in a second uh he's talking to the ethiopians and they're explaining to him you know like, why are you confused about this? Let's talk about the councils, the early councils. Let's talk about the church, and let's talk about who actually compiled the scriptures. Protestant wasn't very happy because <laughs> it it sort of uh, highlighted that the the majority of of that um of that tradition really don't understand how the scriptures were compiled in the first place they don't understand that the 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 authority to decide what goes into the the bible and what gets cut out hinges on the apostolic authority of the of the um the early church in the first place so it was a great debate um of course the ethiopian wiped the floor with this guy because <laughs> he was he's he's been trained to understand oral tradition right and especially for, the, especially for the Coptic world who understand that the oral tradition is linked with the liturgical tradition and the things cannot be divorced. The, the the actual physical Bible cannot be divorced from the liturgical practice of the church in our view. So it was an interesting run. But that kind of gets me to like what I wanted to ask you about today because we're in a war of uh, authority and... Uh, a kind of battle for understanding who gets
0: I've lost you. I can't hear you. Nope. We had some chat. We had some tech tech problems to start with. So, um, this is clearly, we've got gremlins on the orality today, which is, is frustrating. Um, so Mel is saying, information system studies is attribute table studies. Okay, I don't I don't know about that. You'll have to explain that. Casey, God used Babylon to separate us by language, and then gave us the gift of tongues to unite in Christ. Yes, that, that's one of our themes. Tower, tower, well, tower of Babel, but Babylon is Tower of Babel. Paper reading bearer. Cool idea, Casey. Maybe like the Holy Spirit makes us mutually intelligible. That's nice to say that if we can understand each other at all, it's through the... Through the um the spirit, and that the reason, I would say straight up the reason that people don't understand what Ye is saying is because they're not able to hear in the spirit, which which would make which makes sense. Uh, Mel saying liturgical life is the best life, as easy as it is free. And Mel demons on the wire. Yes, case uh, I can't still can't hear you. We still can't hear you. So what we what we did before was um. We were doing the tech before. Obviously, we started streaming, and uh, kilts went off and came back on. Do you want to try leaving and coming back? Okay, so just 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 nip out for a second. I'll I'll go into my own my own space here. And okay, um, Cairo Hockey Bear, is it possible to bring scripture to hire it specifically, medicine and health? ah that's that's actually a good question so i what we wanted to do Kiltz has actually set this up nicely with that video that she said she saw the debate between the ethiopian liturgically and the solo scripture protestant well and i'd say most of what i wanted to get us to talking about today is to understand the, the simple um, evidentiary problems that we have with talking about history at all which is a, scripture is a subset in that in that sense um, but once we understand what kind of knowledge we're talking about in this tradition, yes, it should be, I mean, I say it should be higher education, and I've said that before, and sort of make academia medieval again um, in the the um, proper 13th century sense of the integration of studies, which is what I think the systems theory that um, Yezman was talking about points me to, is this medieval integration of Rhetoric, dialectic, grammar, um, quadrivium, with the, the the number arts, with you know theology and the natural philosophy and so forth. Yeah. So, I'm 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 getting this is I, we always go meta on these right, and so our problem now is obviously I can only type I can I can get you guys in text and I can't get kilts in, um, our Skype room. Which is frustrating. Stay with us! Stay with us! Don't leave! Don't leave! We have all the devices here that I'm trying to figure out how I can talk to kilts with. Our live streaming. Okay. Um, Mal will do magnificent work making clips of this so that we'll, it'll sound like we actually did a, 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 a stable a stable stream. We got Paper Reading Bear, one by one the preaching women are being muted. I know! What did I do reading that from, from Timothy? That's terrible. Um, Jay, maybe a question for a tech guy, but your audio either is quieter in solo screen mode. Um, T- testing, testing. I mean, I can move it up a bit. There we go. Am I, am I, I now t- louder. I, I I, put my own audio up louder. Um, Mel is asking, Churro Hockey Bear, have you heard of Elder God from Beacon? So actually we, you know, one of the things we did want to do was have a bit more s- screen, um, Okay, I think I've yeah, the tech gremlins. I've turned it back on. Here she comes in. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, all right. So I got her back. I got her back. She came back. The women. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on down there, down under? The gremlin. I think no. That that that. I think I think the Paul the Pauline spirit is is silencing the women when we should be we should okay so we're back okay but back in the kitchen all of the the thing is all of this is completely topical to what you were saying about the the liturgical versus the solo scriptura and then you said you had something that you wanted to specifically ask me
1: oh okay so uh well well this is the this is the controversy now okay uh for everyone who's discussing paul and I'm not very happy with what Paul's been talking about, um, and uh, accusing him of essentially hijacking Christianity away from the, mm. the teachings of Christ. Right. So, right. my first question is: Can we actually have a Christianity without Paul? Is that possible?
0: Mm. Okay, that's that's a more specific interpretive question. Okay than I was planning on, but I think maybe let's shall we go there first? That's that, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Okay. So can we have an authentic Christianity about Paul? Well, so I did I did I did bring up images for us to start to, to think about. And what I'm showing now is an image of the prophet Ezra in front of a bookcase with the sets of books that appear in the oldest complete copy of the bible <laughs> that we have the great you know one of these great pandects which includes all of the books of the bible that were recognized in the middle ages as belonging to this library right they they talk about it, it's it's a bibliotheca it's actually a library of books and so we're saying can we have christianity without paul well, i say which of these which of these books of this library are necessary to our having Christianity, right? And in in the in the in the um, image, which I realize I'm going to have to do off the top of my head because I didn't bring my notes for that. Um, Ezra Sariani, he's got the books of the the Mosaic books, the history books, the prophets, the Psalms, um, the books of wisdom, Solomon, uh, Song of Songs, and and the Solomonic books. He has books of the Gospel. He has letters of Paul. Um, and he has um, letters in the apocalypse, and that isn't actually—that's off the top of my head for what. But it's a—it's a set. It's a series of different subsets of what you know. When we have one of the problem that we have with the printed Bible is we think of a Bible always as this this single volume thing, and that we know what belongs in the Bible because look, it's bound here, right? It's—it's it's this. You talk about the McLuhan problem. And there's this artifact of singularity. I can hold this single book in my hand. Well, what's delightful about this um, image, the the book that this image is in of Ezra in front of his bookcase with the different subsets of the books of the Bible, here is how big that book is. And you can see on the image, the picture that I just showed you, it's, it's, this book weighs 75 pounds. (laughs) It is, um, known as the Codex Amiatinus, because for many um, centuries it was kept in um, northern Italy at this monastery of the Abbey of Saint, uh, the Saviour, San Salvatore on Monte Amiatina in Tuscany. But it was actually copied, not in Italy, nowhere near Rome, but in um, the north of England. Now, there's there's a long story about why in the north of England, in the late 7th, early 8th century, the monks of Wermuth which is where Bede was, uh, where Bede lived, wanted to make, they made three copies of the full Bible in, in this in this kind of format, this complete bound format, right? So we have, um, we know that there were two others, we don't have those extant, this is the only one that survives, and it's interesting that it ended up down in Italy because they actually made it to be taken as a gift to the Pope. Um, now there's some the sort of layering of they had copies of the Bible. Um another one from Cassiodorus's library that they considered the great the great Bible. This is meant to be a copy of that, but in fact it's not a direct copy of Cassiodorus's pandect, because Cassiodorus' was in a different translation from this one. This is the oldest copy of the Vulgate, which is will become by the sixteenth century when um it's It's determined at the Council of Trent that you're going to make a big new printed version of the Bible. The Vulgate is going to become the Bible that Catholics read in though in that form. You don't carry around seventy five pound books <laughs> or or think of them as this thing that you can have you know your own personal copy of when we when we think about what counts as Christianity and what doesn't count what belongs in the Bible, what doesn't the problem is that we're we're sitting on the top we're sitting on top of this incredible you know pyramid history of media transformations and so if you ask me could we have Christianity without paul well we're already in a in a problem of like how did we pick which books go into this library of books that then become the big book that we copy into the 75 pound copy that then becomes over the course of centuries what we think of as the bible would you like to rephrase your question (laughs) and you've gone quiet again why do you keep losing your sound i don't the thing is i don't think it's your tech i think it's something in the skype I will take questions from the chat again while we while we figure out what's going on. I I think this is hilarious. The one time that we super have problems with being able to to hear us. Um Hildegard fun live, being in live stream would be awesome. Well, okay, we'll we'll do Hildegard later. Um Yeah, Mel, light reading. Yes. This is this is you guys you know we have this this we've never had this problem with the Skype. We're actually in Skype because typically Skype has been fairly stable as a as a connector for us and we are now in the media moment where it keeps dropping I, yeah i don't know i can I, I can't hear you you can hear me but i can't hear you And that means they can't either. I was I everyone I was just looking at her it her 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 actual setup it's there's there's no there's no audio coming in talk can you talk no okay so I've got I've got some different property options. talk no <laughs> this this i can't believe this is Can you talk nope okay okay you're going to go back over and start again okay Y'all are being very patient. Um, okay. Casey, we had a Catholic church without written St. Paul for a century. Yes, you're there now. What did you do? Okay, come back. Come back. I just okay. turned it
1: on and off again. Turn it, Okay, <laughs> if it, if it, if it, if it qu-
0: qu- quits out like that, just turn it off and on again. Okay, I can but- hear you
1: talk all right okay all right Fantastic. all right so okay so uh, let me wait, go back wait. to the, the images compilation of the canon all right so okay we have a, we have a problem now okay so we've got 75 pounds uh, 75 pounds of information right and uh who gets to decide what what goes into that 75 pounds of uh scripture right right who decided that over there in the north of England, indeed.
0: Okay, so what we what we know is that by the time they're making the seventy five pound version, all mm-hmm. of these books have been used in. Oh, yes, you said the liturgy <laughs> over the centuries. I mean, this is the eighth, This is the seventh or eighth century. It's seven eight hundred years after Christ, right? It's mm-hmm. A. D. Right. Um, so, in order, shepherd time. Shepherd time. <laughs> In order to understand why th- these particular books end up in that seventy-five pound volume, we have to do a lot of textual history, and and this mm-hmm. is this is when you know when people are talking about it's like could we have Christianity without Paul? Well, what the interesting thing is, the early Christians seem to have been quoting Paul, so they thought he was necessary. But the 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 chicken and egg problem is if you're if you're claiming that. It's only when these books get put together in the 75 pound version, complete, that we know exactly what the Bible is. How, did, how was there even Christianity ever before that? How, how, did Christian, how was Christianity not invented? This is going to get clipped out and scared around the bear world. Um, invented by monks in northern England in the 7th or 8th century. How would we know? How do we know what, what books belong? So we guess. Are you talking? You've gone quiet again. I know, I know. This is this <laughs> she can't eat the microphone. You turn it off and on. Oh I see. Okay, she's going out and then gonna come back. The actual, the actual frustration of, and you're no back. Hand yes, hand I, hand. I, I don't understand why it's it <laughs> cutting out like that.
1: I'm being deplatformed by my own you, microphone. you being de-pla- <laughs> but I don't think it's your
0: microphone. It's something. It's something in the Skype connection tonight.
1: There are entities crawling around in the uh, in the tech that are giving us an experience of what it's like when we're trying to have arguments over oral tradition without. <laughs> Without a mic, indeed, indeed. Mm. Okay, so with okay. get make some,
0: some. Let's let's just play. You know, this is what I do in class, right? And so, you, what, what, how would we figure out which why these monks in the eighth or ninth century decide, seventh or eighth century, decided that these were the books that belong in this giant book that they're going to make to send back down to Rome?
1: Hmm. Well, did they just draw straws? <laughs> To to hear some people talk, I mean,
0: one version, and this is the usual. I th- I swear Bart Ehrman is everywhere in these conversations. I think because he made a lot of oh, interestingly videos or podcasts. I mean, there's a sort of or I'm certain that most of the people making these arguments about how Constantine invented the Bible and they're always quoting Bart Ehrman. My guess is they're not reading his books. Frankly, I mm-hmm. think I think they're because Ehrman. I know he did a bunch of um courses for the teaching company so there's a lot of audio out there there's a lot of audio airman out there airman airman we'll do a we'll do an owen reading of these names he's the airman it's e-h-r-m-a-n but he's the airman constantly talking about how constantine i've got i've gone into owen mode constantly talking about how constantine invented the bible do we know when constantine was And you've gone silent again. This is ridiculous. (laughs) And I can hear you again.
1: Fantastic. Um... Constantine, this this is, I, it, I it's, a no, this, it's, is it's a test. No, the thing is, it's a test for
0: me because you. When I talk too long, your your audio cuts out, and then we have to start over. So it's like you know the 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 demonstration that the woman should not speak is that if she speaks too long, the other woman cannot speak.
1: You're kidding Hammett
0: <laughs> I can't believe this. Oh, this is this is so um, hard. You guys have no idea how frustrating this is. It's really bad. Oh, okay, it's
1: a. It's a- it's it's a test of patience, I can tell you. Oh. Um, so Constantine comes along and uh, this assertion is that he invents the Bible. Well, when was he supposed to have done that?
0: Sometime in the fourth century, right? So after the Council of Nicaea, everybody's been posting just recently about the Council of Nicaea and yes. Nicholas punching Arius out. Yeah, at the Council of Nicaea. So, so one version of things is, oh well, the emperor tells everybody what books belong in the Bible. Yeah, which which then makes which would which would make it a political book. Exactly, makes it a completely political book. Mm-hmm. Um, another version is okay, so you know th- that we have the story that Constantine tells everybody what belongs in the bible which is not true. I mean the <laughs> the, the 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 first council well the council of trent makes a, an official list of the books that belong in the bible. But in fact that's the first time that that problem came up in quite that form because they're printing them and they have to know which bu- books to include in the printed bible. And of course by this time in the 16th century the protestants have decided that certain of the books that would appear in that I, I'm showing the Ezra image with the, the the little shelves, right? Some of the books that appear on those shelves in the Ezra collection are not included by the Protestants in their collection, even though, in fact, they're all in the oldest copy, complete copy of the Bible we have. So apparently, the Protestants can figure out which ones to leave out, even though in the largest, the oldest, and largest, I think it may be the largest, it's a, you know, the 75 pound copy of the books. The monks in the seventh or eighth centuries thought they belonged. I mean, these are things like some of the wisdom books, very important for the devotion to Mary and and so forth, Ecclesiasticus mm-hmm. and the, Oh, you're still there, thank God.
1: <laughs> I'm here. I'm yeah. Here.
0: Okay, so
1: I'll just interrupt your keep interrupting so me because otherwise goes, your goes, Skype goes. falls asleep. Um, all right, so Protestants wanted to lose a few pounds. <laughs> Maybe that's it. They just thought give the book's too fat. <laughs> I'm tired of lugging it around all the time. Um, so okay, so that's 16th century. Protestants lose a few pounds. You've got the Northern England monks that are compiling this enormous book in what did you say? Eighth century.
0: Yeah, it's it's during Abbot Chelfrith's reign, so 689 to 716, and he dies on okay. the way down south to take the book to the Pope. So we it has to you know finished by they finish it in 715 or so 716.
1: Okay. But then everyone credits Constantine around four hundred AD with making this Bible which is uh framed in that way then as a political book and not uh and not a church book.
0: Well interestingly this book doesn't um, th- this book says nothing about it being Constantine that did it. Um there's there's um
1: So why all the rumors about Constantine being the uh The one who compiled
0: it. Um, Because, um, oh golly, I'm blanking. Eusebius, who writes The Life of Constantine, says somewhere that Constantine ordered that there would be multiple copies of the Bible made or the scriptures made and sent out. And everybody is, and I think Armand has created that into a Constantine ordered 50 copies of the Bible, and that's when it was established as the Bible. Remembering that we don't have any of those books. Because this is the oldest of the complete ones, in Latin. Mm. Um, in fact, I mean, what the this book says, uh, this book it, itself credits Jerome um, for knowing which are the four Gospels that should be included. Um, it also has a number of images that show different versions of. I didn't put these in the slides. Different versions of what the subsets of the Bible is: the Old Testament and the New Testament, the the um, you know Mosaic books, the Prophets, and so forth. And mm-hmm. that all you know all of the discussion in this book itself, the Codex Amiatinus, is about the fathers, right? It's Jerome and and Augustine and um, uh, there is a Pope mentioned, but it's Hilarus and uh, Eusebius of Caesarea so this book doesn't apparently know that it's the, the 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 constantine told them which books belonged in it
1: okay so it's not constantine well not according so to the oldest
0: the time... copy that we have
1: okay i'm trying to wrap my head around this because essentially the um The church that were that were compiling the scriptures at this time were completely apostolic Catholic.
0: Yes. Well, I yes, but I think maybe our audience won't necessarily know what that means.
1: Can you define it? Um. Well, I so I, I get a lot of I get a lot of slack over using that term. But. I think it's so there. There is an
0: image. Of the church that it's founded by the missions of the various apostles, and in fact, mm-hmm. in the seventh and eighth century, there's there's books made in Spain that are quite popular, our Spanish element, um, that have maps showing the the where the apostles went to preach, mm-hmm. um, and so the 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 English church is not, in fact, an apostolic church. It's it's it is it's papal in the sense that Pope Gregory the Great sent mission from Rome to Kent and. Um, therefore, in fact, what the the, uh, the English churches is, is very Gregorian in the sense that they recognize that, that they were missionized through Gregory. But the the Mediterranean mm-hmm. is of course missionized by the twelve apostles, and and Spain, for example, is Saint James and um, Matthew. Apparently, well, the, the Egypt is sometimes Matthew, but also sometimes Mark. Um, Thomas is said to have gone to mm-hmm. India, right? So that that they, they yeah. spread they spread the tradition around um the the ancient world
1: so there was this is all right so this is where i want to ask you so when they're when the apostles are walking around to spread the tradition they're not carrying the book they're not holding that bible that you've just held up in your hand and walking around with it and flicking through pages and saying look here it is it's written here nope because at the time there's still uh there's
0: no books (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay. okay and now we now we get into what are we gonna do without i going- don't know i mean we get we get instantaneously into this problem of okay so they're in the early spread of christianity there's nobody walking around with 75 pound books
1: okay so what are they walking around with
0: their mouths <laughs> Ah, their are memories. Mm hmm. And now we're in the OK, so I do have my next image is, in fact, the oldest scrap that we have of a scriptural text that of these texts that end up in that big, fancy, fat book. The oldest scraps that we have of that are on these papyri, um, and it's very easy. You can find them out on Wikipedia because all you have to do is look at biblical manuscripts. And th- these are the oldest scraps that we have. The one I'm showing right now is a scrap from St. John's Gospel, um, chapter 18, verses 31 through 33 on one side, 37 through 30. It's not numbered or are labeled or anything, right? These are the. This is a papyrus scrap, probably from a codex, so not a scroll, but from a, a, a you know what we think of as a book now. Probably from the second century. This is the absolutely oldest. Copy of anything that we have from the New Testament. It's the Gospel of John and it's second century um, The next one I have I pick. I just picked the one they you know it's like on Wikipedia and these are the oldest ones This one is a papyrus scrap probably a little later second third century. It's from a letter of Paul second Corinthians um, including uh, chapter 11 uh, through chapter 12 Okay, and my my third example Mm -hmm. is um, it's it's a larger book. It has more text in it. P forty five. If you guys are playing with the witch papyri, these are Um, this one is showing you the Gospel of Mark. It's around mid third century, so two fifty, earlier than Constantine. So there you go. Okay, (laughs) but much later, hundreds of years after the death of Christ, death and resurrection. Right.
1: Mm, mm. So
0: basically, it's all made up, right? Somebody in the second or third century invented Christianity, because that's when we have the oldest scraps of writing.
1: Well, there's two things now. (laughs) Either it doesn't exist because it wasn't written down immediately, or... The culture back then wasn't as concerned with having things written as they were concerned with speaking things uh, to communicate them. Okay, so that yes, this, this, this hold that thought. Right, the culture. The,
0: so this the, the the next thing someone will say was, oh, but we know we know ancient Rome. Right? They're a very literate culture that we've... I think mm-hmm. we've talked about this before in the McLuhan sense. The Roman Empire exists with the power that it does because of papyrus like these. These are not parchment like the Codex Amitinus' skins. These are papyrus. So the, the Roman Empire exists with the power that it does because, one, they can carve writing onto stone monuments, you know, old old style, make your power known because you're as ruler carve your name into a rock or um, you extend your power because you have roads and you have ship shipping and you can send messages on papyrus back and forth okay so there is in fact a, a very literate element to the culture at this time and you could say mm-hmm. you know if they had wanted to why isn't Paul Paul writing all of his letters down? oh wait Paul talks about writing his letters the letters themselves talk about being written maybe there is a very mm-hmm. literate culture as you started could could we have paul could we have christianity without paul the reason we have anything from paul allegedly is because he's writing letters and sending them around the the mediterranean so there is a literate element mm-hmm. there
1: yeah this is that mediterranean postal route of asia minor right gotcha okay so so the, so we got, do we have then, to have two different so
0: several different problems now we have A culture that travels by voice, okay, a culture that travels Mm -hmm. by written versions, and the problem that the oldest examples of the written versions come a hundred years or so after allegedly they would have been composed.
1: Mm. So what happens then in the gap between the the crucifixion and the resurrection and all of these... Uh, disciples of Christ deciding to write things down. Why are they not writing until until this time?
0: Well, so allegedly Paul is, right? That That's the thing about, so the letter mm-hmm. that I started with from Timothy, um, which I'm now lost, right? It says, um, you know, it opens, it's got a proper rhetorical address. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. To Timothy, his beloved son in faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Christ. So he's writing to Timothy, who is bishop of Ephesus, and the reason that Paul, reason that we have these letters, and we have letters from people other than Paul too, and the, the Catholic letters from um, Peter, um, James, and John, and things like the letter to the Hebrews, which is. Um, attributed to Paul, but some, uh, you, there's, you know, big discussion of whether all of the letters that are attributed to Paul were actually written by Paul. But the whole point of, mm-hmm. you know, the fact of the the letters is, allegedly, those are written in the lifetime of the people that compose them because they're sent as letters. They're actually, you know, they're transmitted as letters.
1: So they're kind of um, very long super chats. The
0: letters, Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay okay, so do okay. we so we do we see how many layers of problem we're already in here now? We have yeah. only one big book yeah. from the seventh or eighth century to be give the like the complete collection of everything that belonged in that conversation. Mm-hmm. We have allegedness from the fourth century from people like Jerome and Augustine of which books belong in the collection, even though we don't have a physical copy of that book. We have mm-hmm. um, this this hint at the idea that Constantine wanted copies of books sent out, but we don't actually have evidence that those are full books necessarily. We have scraps of examples of the text that we know are you know we can tell what they are because they match what was found later. We have apostles going all over the world. We have oh, The scraps are in Greek that I showed you. That book that I showed you is in Latin. We're already in multiple languages. We have the Mm -hmm. fact of the texts themselves talking about having been sent as letters in a literate culture. Mm -hmm. And we have the fact that, you know, somebody wrote something down eventually about Jesus at some point, allegedly. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Including the red letters.
0: Oh yeah, the red letter. That <laughs> they're all, they're all, they're all written in red, right?
1: Yes. Now, how how were those red letters uh, transmitted? The the things that Jesus actually said. Yeah. Yep. Well, then we have. Okay,
0: so we can keep going in our in our problem, right? Um, I'm going to zip through these purple pages because we'll get to that. Uh, that in the um, Codex Samatenus, we have something that becomes very common, which are this, these arches with numbers in them, with list of numbers mm-hmm. in them. And these are the so-called canon tables that most medieval gospel books include, which are parallel texts from, oh, wait, how many gospels are there? Uh, we everybody knows that there's those Gnostic ones that they didn't include, and those are the real ones because the church is, of course, evilly deciding to you know exclude significant, detailed, true information. So, but they do include four different versions of the Gospels, and they know that they're different because from antiquity mm. we have efforts to show the ways in which they are like and unlike each other. And that, mm-hmm. that, that, that red letter stuff is often saying, it's like, okay, so did Jesus really say this? Well, we have several different versions, four, sometimes as many as four different versions of that event. Maybe three, maybe two, maybe, you know, single, single, singletons. Some of the most famous stories are only in Luke, for example, like the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about, like, what do we have, what has been written down, why didn't if, if the church is so interested in making sure that everybody's in you know, like um you know lockstep with each other why do we have four gospels why didn't they just pick one and get rid of the other three that's a good question why keep four and know that they're different Right, they keep four and they know that they're mm. different so that they have to have these elaborate this this is just one table, right this, the, the canon tables extend over like eight pages in the codex semitinus because it's it's a complicated permutation problem if you have passages that are common to all four, passages that are only common to three, passages you know in, in different subsets of you know three, three three, ones that are only in two and then the singular ones, right And they're very conscious of the fact that there are all these different, versions of you know overlapping stories like you know several different versions of the baptism several four different versions of the mm-hmm. passion with different details so clearly the church is trying really really hard to make sure everybody only thinks one
1: thing <laughs> well uh our, my my question is what is the benefit in keeping four different versions what what's the benefit I'm, I'm thinking of you know the 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 slander is that the the church has essentially monopolized christianity um it has claimed to be the only authority over the scriptures uh you know people can't just pick up the bible have a look at it and decide for themselves what the, the scriptures mean because big bad church so what benefit is there for an organization that would be trying to monopolize a narrative in presenting four different versions of the same narrative.
0: Well, the, uh, you know, the, interestingly, I'll go back to this is the book, the image that precedes those canon tables is a um, mm. uh, very famous um, ver- you know, version of showing Christ in majesty surrounded by the symbols of the four evangelists. I mean they're highly aware of the fact that they have four different perspectives. Casey is suggesting why keep mm-hmm. four perspectives, four views of the same events. But it's in, I mean it's very interesting. It's like the the claim of, for the Quran, for example, is that it's it's all which is not actually historically true and Quran studies actually knows this, but <laughs> um that the the claim the Quran makes for itself is that it's all dictated to one person and you know it's 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 completely coherent and consistent. We actually in Quran, Quranic studies can see that there are traditions that develop. Ooh, wait, in the same way the the, the Christian ones do. But think about the, yeah. the 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 authoritative claim of the Quran versus the the Bible. We've been talking about how you know that go back to the Ezra. You guys are going to have flip flip flip. This is what I usually do in class by not doing this. Okay, so we have Ezra in front of his library of multiple books. That somehow all of these books belong in the teaching. That they're known to be by different authors. They're known to be, um, you know, compiled over centuries. They're known to c- can contain variants and, you know, contradictions of, of detail and. Differences why include all of them? Why if, if what you're looking for is you know, the sort of stereotypical uniformity of Understanding do you include all of these different voices? And what it's I, I'd say mm. it's it's giving giving us an image of what Christianity actually thinks of itself like how do we come to truth through? Um, our reading mm. to it through our understanding and you've already said it actually <laughs>
1: Did yeah. I? <laughs> Effectively,
0: yes. It's the apostolic church. Well,
1: now, yeah, yeah. Well, now i have just got the image of a mosaic. in Very the good. There you go. <laughs> Funnily enough. Funnily enough. <laughs> I
0: mean, to say, I, 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 we're sort of scrambled by way of having been silenced and tech weirded out and stuff like that. And always, also, yeah. we have to recognize that, you know, we're – we're we're having to go with whatever the the media
1: talk about Babel. Can you imagine? All of a sudden, you're you know you're you're building a civil a civilization, and uh, you know I'm having trouble. We're having trouble with the microphone getting switched off. Imagine suddenly everyone starts speaking thousands of different languages. <laughs> indeed, indeed, the microphone gets switched off. Um, I interrupted you, but it is it all right. So this is the apostolic issue. Yes. We've got a mosaic of uh, witnesses to Christ's incarnation and his ministry. Mm -hmm. And then we have the apostles themselves um, proselytizing, gaining disciples and having those disciples moving out throughout the Mediterranean world as well and then bringing with them the gospel. But at that stage... It is only in oral form, with the exception of the letters that are being exchanged between the churches, that we have uh, this uh, evidence of because of the New Testament letters. So what I'm what I'm hoping, by way
0: of our babbling around this, right, like like mm-hmm. women in a in a in a tea, tea party, is to recognize. This is, I mean, of, of the many reasons I find Christianity convincing, historically, this is one of the best, right? It's multiply witnessed from, not just from, you know, variety of perspectives, like, but multi- multiple, I mean, the Gospels talk about that. Many people saw Jesus resurrected. Many people told stories about him. There were, you know, more things happened than could be put in these stories, but that you have... um I mean, when you're saying it, apost- apostolic Christianity, the church is a multiplicity of voices, the, mm. and and that w- what we end up with, you know, you're saying, is Paul the one that you know invented Christianity? Well, sometimes we say that because it's you know it's known that Paul, by way of his missions, goes to all of these different cities and you know around the Mediterranean and sets up churches there. By which he means, you know, like gives them the teaching, baptizes people, tells them, you know, what 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 the um, practices should be mostly mostly though what we know these early christians are doing is singing psalms right so they're singing the the psalm, the, the the uh hymns of the old temple tradition which then become the you know the collection that we think of as the psalter so they are you know singing in praise and practicing sharing out their property sharing the the, the eucharistic meal uh, the, the, we, we're doing the Bible right now. There's a whole another, you know, sort of scholarly problem of where how they develop their liturgies, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's this practice of conversation through all of these different voices. You know, if if a single person was making all of this up, it would be way more consistent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's like this this yeah. sort of conspiracy theory version that we have. Constantine made it all up. Paul made it all up. It's like, well, uh, then it should have been a little more polished. You think
1: mm-hmm. it,
0: the, the the sort of forgeries and fictions that are, you know, meant to represent historical realities are way easier to spot as made up because they're they're too they're too uniform. In their voice and and we what we know yeah. in the scriptures is we actually do have multiple voices we have multiple witnesses to god speaking to god's appearance to yeah so and this my 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 prime argument in in this context is christianity is not the creation of a single person except for god right the the the, the sort of coherence of it it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to imagine that one one person wrote the whole thing
1: so this well this this resonates because it uh, this is demonstrated in the fact that they had to have councils about doctrine. Mm-hmm. Doctrine was never decided by one person; it was always done in council with the bishops. Um, so there's that as a kind of um, demonstration of how the early form carries through it into its more sophisticated. Manifestation right. from being as from being an oppressed minority religion, to being a formal, uh, the a formal religion of the Roman Empire. So it it still retains that communal, um, uh, interactive um, nature. Right. That, that's what I'm thinking. And the second thing is that this seems to me. To be a religion that's come out of something that looks like youtube is talking to each other
0: yes very much so it's it's in in, and Mm -hmm. and and, i mean what's interesting in in that sense is we'd say it's jewish (laughs) um in the sense that you know ezra is here sitting in front of his um books and some you know those books are collected because they're the prophecies they're the writings i mean this is the other layer that we have to get to is how jesus says he fulfills all of them um but that yes. you know, we have you know the story of Jesus reading from Isaiah in the synagogue and saying these scriptures are fulfilled in your in your presence. That we can tell, or you know, Jesus sitting in the temple talking to the talking to the elders, that you know uh, there is a culture already present of conversation around the scriptures, interpretation, yes. questioning. Now, what Paul does. I realize I'm trying to make this all simple. So what's interesting is if I try to make this simple and tell you a straightforward story of how it all comes about, people tend to lose the the feeling of how how is it that we know anything, right? It's actually it, it builds up over over practice to understand that we mm-hmm. have a narrative at all and there's I'm trying to remind myself that there are a few other things about why we have the text that I haven't I haven't brought up yet, but to see what Paul is doing. I mean, Paul is educated as a Pharisee. He's, you know, as Owen has been saying, he's, you know, famous for persecuting the Christians and then has the moment of conversion and recognizes that the truth of the scriptures is in fact in Christ. He brings to his conversations in those letters, all of his very sophisticated intellectual training, which he's now putting Mm. at the service of. Saying yes, Christ is the Messiah. You know, Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Messiah, and yes. so Paul, in in the in that sense, is you know is a very clear witness to the the old tradition that of scripture reading that Christianity is coming out of, and yet Paul. Is the one that brings it to the Gentiles. So he 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 opens mm-hmm. this. That's why we say Paul. You know, Paul founds, Paul advocates for the Gentiles to be part of this um, worship,
1: which was not a Pharisaical position at all. No,
0: no, the Pharisee, the Pharisees I mean, that's what Jesus is always criticizing them for that they want to be the purest, mm-hmm. the purest in their their um, piety and their and their worship and Paul, you know, makes hmm. it all filthy and opens it out to oh those Greeks and those 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 Gentiles. Yeah.
1: So the Pharisees, they were not the only sect at the time that Christ had incarnated. So I'm thinking I'm thinking of this in terms of the the roots of the faith moving from the temple tradition into Christianity the The Hebrews, the Jews uh, themselves, even at the time that Christ had incarnated in uh, in the in the Holy Land, they were not even all just Pharisees. They had multiple sects that were already arguing over the interpretation of the Mosaic Law, and they had multiple sects that were uh, arguing over the um,
0: lost you again you went quiet <laughs> she will be back i will sit here quietly while she rejoins hello and you're back <laughs>
1: um so we've got the pharisees the the sect of the Pharisees, which is where Paul is trained, and that's where his um interpretation of the 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 scriptures is 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 rooted. Mm. Then we have the Sadducees, which Christ also discussed right. then th- there were the zealots, which were um, kind of children of that Maccabean uh, spirit that, you know they were revolting against the Romans. then you had the the Essenes. The kind of uh, hippie dippy, hippie dippy Jews. <laughs> but uh, my point is that already within the Hebrew population that Christ was born into, there wasn't a monolith of um, interpretation over uh, the scriptures, and that not all of them were in agreement over everything. So Christ comes in that particular moment in an environment where everybody's having debates over the law and having debates over. The arrival of the Messiah. Paul is of the sect of the Pharisees and brings training from that mm. sect into Christianity. I find that very interesting, mm. because when when you're describing the the four uh, four Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as being. Um, uh, not not a monolith but having a, a a difference in the perspective of witness of, of Christ's ministry. It's almost as if there is a reflection in the Christian community uh that is showing that previous uh Hebrew contest over um the the keeping of the law and the the reading of the scriptures you know there's no it's like they were not a monolith before christ right and so bringing in that uh argumentative nature shall we say into the (laughs) into the new (laughs) i can say it (laughs) into the new testament where paul has um been schooled by uh arguably the best of the argumentatives, uh, and then comes to use that to um, to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Okay, so I'm, so I'm I'm kind of painting a picture here of how Christendom, Christianity, and apostolic Christianity comes out of argument. Right. It comes out of argument. Yes, it's, well, it's, it's so, you know, out of,
0: bluntly so does, well, so does Rabbinic Judaism because they disagree mm, with. Mm. Yeah and so that that but that's not our topic tonight and the you're you're, you're you're gently trying not to go there
1: <laughs> Well no but, only because I don't want to get us off the conversation exactly. for what we're discussing today but uh in terms of no I'm thinking in terms of like the arguments and the and 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 that multiplicity of perspectives it's reflected in the gospels and in the new testament where you have all right. of these different people saying I saw this no I saw this no I saw this so that's a very Hebraic, that They're witnessing, um, they're witnessing
0: too, the witnessing to The yes, difference. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: So that makes sense to me that it would not be a, uh, a a narrative which is okay. This is the narrative. This is the only gospel, and we're not going to have any kind of uh, multiple perspectives over the life of Christ. Oh,
0: I see. Yes, it, it makes sense from the in the context in which
1: Christ is it, is. It makes yes it makes sense in in that in that context that you'd
0: expect to. so okay so i actually back you know i've actually done it you know college level true training in, in this stuff and i had an absolutely excellent mm. teacher back in college um Werner kelber who taught me at rice university and i've been over the past several months you know real, or a year realizing more and more how much i've you know, trained by professor kelber and all this and i did we did courses mm. with him on the historical jesus On Paul's letters and on the synoptic Gospels and this is if I were just starting out a lecture rather than trying to make everybody wrestle with this as a problem try to try to say it this way so um Paul writes his letters to different communities and each of the different communities have different kinds of problems. It's very interesting that there's two letters to the Corinthians and they're completely at odds with each other. It's like if Paul's contradicting himself, he's contradicting himself in sending one one version of the problem of the letters to the Corinthians the first time and a different version the second time. It, a lot of what we do, a lot of what New Testament scholarship is doing is trying to figure out the original like other side of that telephone conversation, you're saying, yeah, there are all mm. these YouTubers, and it's like if we only had Paul, yes, and we didn't have all the people he was talking to, we wouldn't understand, um, which is the problem, right? Th- that he's addressing problems particular to the communities that he's writing to. So at one time, right. you know, the community's gone all strict, and he says you need to relax. At another time, they've gone all you know orgiastic, and he's like, you've really got to stop it. Um, you know, when he's t- writing to the Romans, he's not there yet. When he's writing to other communities, he's been there. He's not been back yet. It's you know, rhetorically addressed to particular audiences that have mm-hmm. specific kinds of questions. So it's very responsive that you're saying they're letters to particular yes. churches, not just doctrinal formulations. Which which is interesting because it's saying mm-hmm. you know he wasn't trying to make a single like. I mean, he is trying to explain Christ crucified, right? But but it, it's recognizing the human element in their misunderstanding. As, mm-hmm. as we're trying to do now, it's like, it's like, which community are we talking to when which problems have they had understanding this particular yeah. history of how historians know anything, which we still haven't unpacked completely, right? The gospel, There's four different gospels. Mm-hmm. We tend to think of them that they're four different gospels now because they are each written for different audiences. Um, and say, you know, Matthew is easiest because it's very clear that Matthew is writing to an audience that expects the scriptures to be fulfilled. And he's proving over and over. Matthew quotes a lot of scripture uh, to show that Jesus is always fulfilling this prophecy and that prophecy. Um, Mark mm-hmm. is, is Professor Kelber wrote on Mark and he was, Mark is curious because he's sort of the most stripped down and usually considered to be the oldest of the, 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 writings, there's a trick in all of this still that I haven't explained yet, but, um, and Professor Kelber was particularly interested in showing the way in which Mark actually has a coherent, like, project of showing the way <laughs> in which Jesus is revealed. I mean, like, the demons all recognize him first, but he it's always telling them, to, you know, shush, 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 don't, don't say. So, it's like, how does the, how did the people in the story end up finally recognizing Jesus as, as who, who he was? Um, uh, that Luke is usually believed to be writing more specifically for a Gentile audience, like outward, Mm -hmm. outward facing. And then, um, you know, John seems to be arguing specifically with the Jewish, the, 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 they're all Jewish in certain senses, but temple tradition, um, with people who have, um, It's like a synagogue church controversy by that point. So he's saying the Jews have rejected Mm -hmm. Jesus. He's saying the people who should be accepting Jesus as the Messiah are not, right? And Jew in that context becomes those who reject Jesus. Jew, Mm -hmm. they reject the the rejectors of Jesus.
1: So the, this that's the beginning then of the uh, the in, intra-ethnic controversy right. before it becomes extra-ethnic uh, name. Okay. Well, Paul,
0: yeah. I mean, when Paul has to say, like, you know, he goes to Athens, nobody listens to him. There's no letter to Athens. Um, but, you know, the, mm-hmm. in Acts, he's described as preaching in Athens and saying, you know, you already recognize – he's trying to make the philosophical arguments. So yes. trying to figure out – it's like if I'm going to – Con- convince you of the truth of Christ. It depends on where you're starting. Where I have to talk to you. So if you're mm-hmm. pagan, I'm going to make certain one kind of argument. If you're, you know, already worshiping in, you know, in Jerusalem at Pentecost, I'm going to make a different argument. If you are, um, a, you know, a monk up in or not monks. If you're Anglo-Saxon pagans in England, yet another argument. The Christianity is very interactive. It needs to be mm-hmm. the message adapted to the audience so that we are able to hear it at all. And the variety of letters and the variety of gospels seem to have come out of those rhetorical needs of those different communities.
1: It's interesting as you say this because this behavior would be considered to be somewhat slippery in in the in the sense that the the message is being. Um, not changed, but it's being adjusted for the audience.
0: Uh, n- yes and no, and this this is the, the the sort of big test for the tradition to figure out what is in harmony with truth. Mm-hmm. Even though yes, there are different levels of understanding. If I'm talking to a child, I'm going to make one, you know, because a child has only certain levels of experience if i'm talking to an adult who has other levels of experience i'm going to have to adapt my explanation to them um augustine in his in his um description on catechizing gives some specific examples he's saying you know people who are coming to be taught who have been trained in the liberal arts are going to have one kind of expectation and and, and difficulty of understanding people who have been um you know, reading lots of other scriptures, heretical scriptures, will they have a different. This is in North Africa after the donut. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if I'm talking to a scientist and I'm trying to make a persuasive argument about Christianity, it might be different from if I'm talking to a poet. If I'm talking to, you know, with are women and men, you know, likely to need different variants of arguments. Like you, you, you adapt your mm-hmm. you adapt your speech constantly to your. Interlocutor, you're going to talk to your mother differently than you talk to your professor. You're going to talk to, you know, the person you've known for you know decades differently than you're going to talk to the person you met yesterday. But that doesn't mean you're inconsistent with yourself. It means we're limited in our ability to understand and to take in complexity.
1: As we're so demonstrating this is... in this
0: very stream, how many yeah. of you are still following us? Check in with the chat, um, guys. With us, paper eating bear. Well, this, this gives this us more had, time to ponder. Oh, because she keeps cutting out, right? <laughs> <laughs> just trying to shut me up. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm struggling right now because I feel like I've left it all sort of fuzzy and vague, and I actually have a very. I feel like Paul right now, right? Or, or Luke or John. I have a very clear understanding of how all of this is true to me, but I feel, as Augustine says, it's like when you're talking, it just limps along. It's like it's not as clear as in your understanding, this, 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 mm. this incarnate speech that has to go through my tongue and teeth and lips, the body and time and, you know, all that.
1: Yep. Okay, so two things. You've explained why Paul is worrying everybody, because uh, you know the the conversation in the chats the last few weeks has been basically that he's speaking like a Pharisee and therefore not to be trusted. Mm. But you've explained why uh, his particular arguments changed. You know he's talking to he's talking to the audience, right? So he's adjusting his delivery for his audience, which makes perfect sense. In terms, Do you of guys dish- really want me
0: talking to you all like a professor would talk to? I mean, not a professor, like I would talk to my fellow academics. You would have no clue what I'm talking about for the most part because you don't have the context. You don't have the background. You don't have the training and, and asking the questions. Now, is that being duplicitous because, oh, you know, I, can, I, can, I, I do actually want to – we need to talk through the oral versus written. We haven't gotten there yet. How do I trust the evidence? Yeah. Well, if if you I've had the training that I have, we already have been through all of that back, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago in undergraduate studies. I don't have to reinvent mm. mathematics every time I'm talking to someone who's, you know, trained in in
1: calculus. And but it it seems like that's what Christians are demanded to do though. Yes. Well, I mean t-
0: t- I'm getting a little impatient now and I've had a little wine and stuff. It's like it's very it gets very frustrating for me in these amateur conversations, which I is actually Christianity is is amateurs. That's fine. Right. But mm-hmm. the 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 we haven't built up our understanding of you know, how we prove anything when we leap in and say, Oh, well, he's lying because Constant you know, Constantine said this in a letter that's written by so and so. It's like have you actually tested the degree to which you think you know things yet and Mm -hmm. and and doing it solely on the basis of i read this book this printed thing that you know contains all these different texts in it in a translation and i'm going to prove to you that you're you're an idiot for believing paul no i'm a little i'm a little impatient now (laughs) Shall shall we get rhetorical? This is fun. <laughs> yes, let's do uh, it.
1: Anyway, sorry, I keep interrupting you. That's all right. I I needed to formulate that thought anyway because I'm 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 about to ask you exactly what the power of having this. The power of having speech is the delivery for the gospel. So taking us back to the Pentecost, taking mm. us back to what happened to the apostles when they were gifted, this, the gift of tongues, when they received the Holy Spirit, and then the, uh, the crowds outside in Jerusalem saw them all babbling mm. on with the languages of all of the, the, the nations that the, the Hebrews had been living in. In their shock They're staring at them all, uh, surprised that they're able to uh, speak in this varied speech. So taking you back to this, the apostles had to speak to all of these different people. This was clearly an important part of where the Bible is, um, where, where the New Testament is formed i'm 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 trying to formulate this question to you because it's it's kind of fuzzy to me people have the the apostles have been walking around proselytizing through speech as you just said it has to be spoken they're wondering about their audience why is it that if they're babbling in all of these different tongues suddenly we shift into written scriptures, which are only in one or two languages.
0: Oh, well, they're not only in one or two languages. They're in multiple languages. And, 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 okay. <laughs> we have my, my yes. giant 75-pound book that I was showing you makes us think, oh, yes, the church is only in Latin. Blah, ha, 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 ha. No, it's not, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's mainly in Greek. Um, it's, it's in Greek in the old Testament in the Orthodox tradition, because that's the, tr- that's the scripture that, oh yes, I'll go to the neck my little scrap of John. The, 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 the Bible is all originally written in Greek in the Christian experience because the Septuagint, the translation of the old Testament that's made in the second or third century in Alexandria is in Greek. In fact, most of those, you know, Hebrews throughout the ancient world are speaking Greek, by this point, because oh yes, Alexander the Great conquered that whole region. The Hellenistic world is Greek-speaking, and m- m- you know most of them don't speak Hebrew. It's not a Hebrew tradition by this mm-hmm. point; it's a Greek tradition.
1: So the Hebrews have Hellenized.
0: The Hebrews have Hellenized, and they're everywhere. And so the- Part of the reason there's mm-hmm. so many different peoples there at Pentecost is um, because they're they they're they're from all the different regions of. The Hellenistic world for the feast for Pentecost, so they're temple worshipers, but they're they're there recognizing themselves from different nations, so it's like who are they the who are they? It's like Jews is a very imperfect name for what those temple worshipers were because in Acts they describe themselves as coming from from like all different parts of the empire,
1: mhm. Uh, Sounds pretty cosmopolitan. Oh, totally,
0: totally. Christianity is cosmopolitan mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Um, uh, so this is at Acts, right? They were amazed and wondered, saying, Behold, are not all these that speak Galileans, and have we heard every man our own tongue wherein we were born? So all of these people, are, this is at Acts, this is at Pentecost, all of these people are in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. That's They're there to worship at the temple. But they describe themselves Parthians and Medes and Elamites and inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews also and proselytes, Jews is a subset of the people that are there in Jerusalem, Uh, Cretes and Arabians, we have heard them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God, and they were all astonished and wondered, saying to one another, what meaneth this? And then these the, these men are full of new wine. I'll have some more wine. <laughs> speaking, speaking in tongues. Okay, so
1: okay, now so we have we have now we're in surround sound. Oh, there. We're, we're totally like, in surround in my sound. Head. We're in surround sound at Pentecost. We've got this like uh, reverse of Babel, where suddenly the apostles are speaking all the right. languages of the the Hebrews worshiping there at the temple now. The problem is, how do you get from there to having an agreement over uh,
0: which books belong in that which seventy-five pound?
1: Books like, belong in okay. that seventy-five pound.
0: Yeah, I'll have I'll have you all know, Kiltz is the best student ever because she actually can keep with me as we're working through all of these layers. Okay, so one. <laughs> I, I mean, it's the plain devil's advocate here how do we know any of this stuff that we just talked about happened at all right we're talking about it as if oh we're there in Jerusalem and we're hearing all these languages and how does it get written down there's a there's a premise in that that it, it it's interesting when people get caught up in arguing like the truth of the reality of Jesus and in, in scriptures mm-hmm this yep. is this is the historian's horror, right? If in fact now I'm showing the scrap from John, the oldest copies of this text come from a hundred years after when we believed that those events had happened, how do we know any mm. of this happened? <clears throat>
1: Am I supposed to end? I don't them? know. So, <laughs> so one of the things Etherzar asked, and he said, you know, should we, do we
0: talk about the authenticity of Paul's letters? Okay, so one, you know, the next one, my Corinthians example, it's the same problem of like the the authenticity of any of these texts is a problem. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, and Etherzar said, well, you know, maybe I know that Tacitus and Josephus reference, you know. I mean, actually, while well, Tacitus and Josephus references the existence of Jesus, right? But okay, so there's external to the bo- the the seventy five pound book texts that reference things that we know are talked about in the seventy five pound book, and therefore we have confidence because they're not like potentially colluding with the Christian story, Josephus and Tacitus. That's probably mm. more reliable than oh the the this seventy five pound version well just you know the seventy five pound elephant that's sitting in the room that's the you know the book um that that because Josephus is um writing as he's Jewish but he's you know gone over to the enemy of the Romans and he's writing about the antiquities of the Jews. And that apparently he references Jesus, and now I've forgotten off the top of my head what he says, but it, it's very short, right? It's 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 really mainly that okay, fine. Josephus references the existence of this Jesus person, and Tacitus likewise, mm-hmm. right? Therefore, we can trust that in fact Jesus existed. There is a flaw in that argument that I just made. If we are worrying about the authenticity of the scriptures at all, can mm-hmm. we guess what the flaw is? Okay, so what I need you all to take from this in my drunken state, mildly drunken internet media interruptions, women should not pre-teach moment is there's one thing that all historians always want have to ask first before we start worrying about the reality of something that we're talking about, particularly for this period that we're talking about. Let's see I'm showing you the oldest copy of the scriptures. Scritch, scratch, scratch. Anybody in the chat know what a hieroglyph? Paper reading beer, because no man could create such a wonderful story. Sacramental drink, astral bodies. No, we're not there yet. What's the oldest manuscript of Tacitus that we have? What's the oldest manuscript of Josephus that we have? Do you spot the flaw? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this this claim, right? Oh, we can't trust. Can I, Can you talk? So I know that we can still hear you. Now nah, you've gone silent. Right? You see it? Look at that. I went. I went on too long. So chat. Are you with me? Who wrote it? One, two, You're back. Two, three, three, so so the the claim the claim that our airmen and people want to make is like oh we can tell can say it again speak again. Yo, yo. Yeah, yeah okay. Hello. Hello. So, that you know, oh, the oldest copies of the scriptures are only made 100 years after they were allegedly written. Allegedly, allegedly. And, you know, these secular pagan, well, Ju- Josephus is Jewish. I mean, he actually is Jewish-Jewish, right? But we can trust Tacitus because he's Roman and he wouldn't lie. <laughs> there's a joke in that well, that too right but we can trust Tacitus Sorry. right Tacitus who's writing the histories of the Roman emperors and he's going to be much more reliable than those lying Christian proselytizing gospel tail spinners
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or any of them right it's like this holds for absolutely every classical author we know
1: what are weren't written down at the time well, they may have been what's our oldest
0: copy of any of these texts I don't know say so, say so, what 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 is the phrase What would you say if I told you <laughs> matrix a moment right what would moment. what would you say if I told you that this seventy five pound book is older? than the oldest copy we have of Tacitus. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And apparently I looked this up briefly on Wikipedia today. There is like some debate over whether or not Tacitus is a forgery because the oldest manuscript yeah. we have is ninth century from Gaul, St. Gaul, right? A lot of the, 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 the joke on everybody on absolutely everybody, I'm going to hammer this in. And if I hear anybody in any of my media moment, media reach, making this argument again the you believe the existence of the classical world really you really 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 believe that the classical world existed plato aristotle cicero tacitus livy it's livy not Livy, because i did classical who knows how well okay there's like poetry so we can figure out how it's scanned you believe any of Go of Queen. Go, if you believe any of those classical authors even existed, you've fallen for the monastic comp- copyists. They made it all up. Prove me wrong. You can't. <laughs> Remember that you remember that day in our in our poetry chat when Ken was trying to convince us that there was no time. There was the early Middle Ages was collapsed into what you know, like three hundred years.
1: Oh yes, I remember <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. That was yeah,
0: and yeah, I yeah. was like, No, there's too many manuscripts. It couldn't have all been made up. I mean, you could make an argument that it was all completely made up by monks in Switzerland. Because most <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny it's, it's hilarious <laughs> right because
1: they got altitude sickness they, got dizzy and Saint Gaul. To go and they made it all up, up
0: because so many of our oldest copies of all of the classics tacitus you know cicero they're, they're discovered in you know the 14th and 15th centuries i i, I think i think our, our our um cover for this um Episode is going to be an image from the name of the rose because, like, they're copying all the manuscripts in that monastery in northern Italy. And, like, what if the library burned, right? We wouldn't have the ancient world. Well, it did burn several times, but more to the point, the oldest copies of most of the classics we have, and this includes the Greek stuff, is medieval, right? Same with duh, 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 the Hebrew Bible. I love that bit, <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't tell me you've gone quiet again. Speak. Oh, yes. Reset. (laughs) I can't hear you. The monk fellowship. Gaslit. You should be gaslit. You should all be gaslit. You should be candlelit, right? Candlelit antiquity because... I should go back while well, she's rejoining. I should go back to just me. Candlelit antiquity because in fact all of these books are copied in the same period. Are you back? You're back. I it's like the the I think you are. No you are. You definitely it's like you come back and I don't is there are you getting any like notices on the computer no, no, just goes out.
1: No, it's just—it's my usual. rant. Uh,
0: Once I rant too, much, the internet cuts my cuts you off. No, this is not fair. every
1: every stream we have something meta that happens. It's topical to the stream mm-hmm. today. It was women shouldn't be teaching. My microphone turns itself off. You're arguing about the age of documents and manuscripts. Yep. And I can't log on to the internet, ah. so that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so I mean, fundamentally, just absolutely fundamentally, the problem—the problem with the argument is like that the the monks made all this stuff up. Is within well, the monks were pretty inventive because they made up the entire his timeline.
1: Mm.
0: Not just not just like dating and the joke about like you know whether the the shepherds know when it is AD. It, mm-hmm. It's it's, there's a closed loop problem of the physical evidence that we have, that these manuscripts, at least they're, you know, papyrus, I'm not sure, I think with the papyri, they haven't done carbon dating on them yet, but even, even carbon dating has a closed loop problem of, to verify the, the dating, you have to have correlations across different samples, so yeah. if we're trying to know the past... It it might as well... I mean, Ye keeps saying this. It's like, I'm in the present now because I'm a present. It's like, fundamentally, I mean, epistemologically, we're always only dealing with the physical stuff we have in our environment right now and then trying to figure out how old it is. Yeah. So if we're making arguments about like what actually happened at Pentecost, we're still dependent on... A transmission of stories over the course of centuries through these physical remnants, which mm. we assume are accurate representations of something that somebody wrote down some previous time, which is an accurate reporting of something that somebody remembered that actually happened to them 30 years before they sat down to write the text, which actually happened. I mean, it's like. Can you prove it? Mm. I mean, and and j- j- just so you modernists don't like get comfy and think, oh yeah, well I've got type documents that prove such. And, yeah, you do. <laughs> Nobody lies. You, you, do you see the peril of being a historian?
1: People stopped lying in the Enlightenment. What are you talking about? Oh yes,
0: all of our all of our archive all our mm-hmm. archi- archive in the present is all completely reliable and truthful <laughs> yeah, and nobody lies yeah, nobody know. lies in recordings. You can tell exactly what happened when I don't know Nick throws that drink in the in and out because it's perfectly framed by oh wait, the person who took the video
1: was it stage? who knows. Yeah, so it's a media issue. Always. So Christianity is a media issue. Yes. Yeah? Yes. All right. Fantastic. And then we have the uh, then we have the uh, the difficulty in deciding whether or not the medium of the church is trustworthy, or we're going to fall on an external medium that is not the church for our uh, understanding of the historical timeline yep. and whether or not things are. Uh, Trustworthy. Yep. Fascinating. So there we come to the point of the church being the platform of Christianity, and without that, we lose our historicity. And then we are entering into... Where are we going? We're back in the dream time. (laughs) We're we're back in dream time. We're back in dream
0: time. And, And this is... So now I hope everyone understands why it's so frustrating to be caught in these sola scriptura arguments because, I mean, Mm -hmm. the one that, so the example that you gave at the beginning where you're saying, you know, how did did we, how did the church decide which books are in the well what we have is the evidence of the physical thing and the the physical Mm -hmm. things carry text which say things which tell us stories which we then have to, Mm -hmm. you know, evaluate on the basis of you know those canon tables, right? I to go back to the canon tables. Um, you know, comparing across different versions and so forth of what you know. We we say, well, like if they all agreed, if they all agree, it definitely happened. Uh, okay, you were talking about the red letter stuff. So there yeah. was a project. I think it kind of evaporated a while ago because it was silly. But um, to to the so-called Jesus project, which was going to go through and by vote figure out exactly which things Jesus actually said. I, I, mm. it was Dominic Crossan and some others, I think some of the were Laola, Jesuits, right. And they're gonna they're gonna which I don't dislike Jesuits, but they were gonna vote by way of committee.
1: Sure that everyone. Yeah.
0: Which which parts of the gospels were actually accurately
1: historical. Democracy strikes no, again. <laughs> you know, it's,
0: it's so it's th- th- we're, we're all, it's like when we said Christianity is a media problem. That that, that was what McLuhan's point ultimately was. In the incarnation, yes. you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us was the ultimate media claim that that the it's the one moment in which the medium was the message. The word became flesh truthfully, right? Absolutely. Yes. It's like there's there's you you the the surround sound and media environment. Of, of the Incarnation is, but the, you know, we're going to go nuts and, and and completely go crazy if we don't have, um, I don't know, it's interesting, the tradition is actually more reliable than the texts themselves because the, 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 the texts come out of whatever this process was in the past.
1: Mm. Well, I'm thinking now on the madness uh, of of Western culture and its current current incarnation. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, the the status quo for Westerners right now is that we are not looking at the church as the medium of our culture. We're looking at everything else as the medium of our culture. So if that's the case, we're constantly having to deal with, again, it goes back to the previous conversation we had about the rolling wheels of fan fiction, but this is essentially compiling a narrative via committee that has divorced itself from uh, a desire for unification with Christ. So then the argument is, is human nature sufficiently reliable in its unredeemed form to be able to compile narratives that are trustworthy versus putting our faith in the compilation of the Bible from a community that sometimes took hundreds of years to write documents down for us. You know what? Mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure if I've described this very well. Well, but I understand what you're
0: saying, and it's exactly right. Mm, That's exactly that the lag problem. Time,
1: yeah, that lag time between the apostles walking around with Christ and then the beginning to write everything down and to compile the gospels and get everything into a written form requires an. an a, it it does. It requires faith and trust that that community were honest enough and reliable enough to have compiled their narrative accurately and historically. Now, people could say, well, you're putting a lot of trust in those people, but what, what you've described is that Western civilization without the church is still doing the same thing. Yep. We're still falling on a consensus of committee. To create our narratives for us. So in both cases, we have faith. Right. There's no difference. There's no distinction except for whether or not we're willing to have faith in the people which were uh, within the early Christian church or whether or not we're going to fall on people which are rejecting the church completely.
0: Well, so... Well said. the The irony of all of this is that the the reason that Christians care, and the reason that we care yeah. in Western civilization, is because of the incarnation. That we, and I've, I, I have said this before. It's like history as we're talking about it now. This need to prove that his, Jesus was historically real, is itself folded into faith, right? That like, if we want the Jesus in history. And we're going to go through all of these, you know, proof texts of figuring out exactly when the oldest manuscript was and exactly, I'm showing Jesus revealed here, but wait, go back to the Canon tables, right? That we, we do this exercise of comparing the different texts. All of this apparatus of scholarship is developed by Christians because it matters to make the claim that Jesus entered into time in the, in, in the way that we believe. So the, the sort of, you know trying to disprove christianity by way of the um like technical methods of proof that were developed by christians to prove the incarnation it it tends to collapse when it's i mean the but the hilarious thing to me is it's like if you don't believe that you don't believe in the in the reality of the incarnation you you shouldn't believe in the reality of any history by this point because even our dating of the manuscripts is is, yes. is problematic, but that the ancient world exists only in copies of texts made in I mean usually like the 11th, 12th, 13th centuries. We don't have older versions of them, so they literally could have all been. And this is for my historiography class that I'm doing in the winter for the undergraduates. The, the, the Tartaria problem. They just mm. it, the, the guy who writes the Tartaria argument just goes straight with that. It's like all of it's written in the 11th century there's there's no ancient past it's all completely invented in the 11th and 12th century
1: mm. never
0: mind christianity right there's no rome i mean there's some rocks but what do you know about rocks right it's so it's a you yeah. know th- this is fundamentally the problem for history that we only know what we know because it's in one it's in language two it's somehow transmitted to us into the present um and um you know is it myth? Is it history? Like to- the Tolkien stuff that I've done is also, you know, sort of playing with this problem of which stories do people find most believable?
1: Mm. Well, that's a very good question. Yeah. Because it's not just a story, it's a storyteller, isn't it? Yes. Mm.
0: So the, you know, the fun the fundamental sort of uncertainty that we want to give you in this context is if you pick up this this kind of book, open it up and say it says here, therefore you have to live by it. I mean, the book itself tells you more. So I'm showing you I've been showing you in the slides the the sort of support apparatus for the Codex Semiotinus. I mean, all of all of these different ways in which whoops, I'm, 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 cl- I'm clicking. All right. Okay. So here's the Codex Amiatinus. Yeah. yeah. Click the clack. The Codex Amiotinus on the one hand, it's all of those books, right? But it also has mm. framing instructions for what to think about what this book is, because you don't know how to read the Bible. I, I'm, 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 I guarantee most of us don't know how to read the Bible. I mean, I'm, I've spent my whole life trying to learn how to do it. And I, Keep writing little books that hopefully show bits of it and, and part of the tradition and part of the practice and the liturgy and stuff like that. But the Codex Amiatinus is a very interesting book because it tries to show you how to read the book. And the first, the first mm. thing is here's Ezra with his collection of different volumes. Okay, so this book contains a whole library. It's like your original iPad, right? My iPad contains like yeah. all the books that I read. So the Codex Amiatinus is like this big pan book. It's going to contain all of these books that Ezra put together. And then it's going to, I'll go backwards. It's going to show you like, you know, things like, oh wait, no, that's the wrong direction. I did a lecture on this in Lisbon and I did this better in the lecture. Okay. So there's Ezra with his books and then go past the mean the papyri. And then we have, very interestingly, a number of other introductory pages, including, and this I love, right, it's, it's absolutely wonderful, this purple page. And it's, making purple books was a thing. There's, we have some Carolingian books that are completely purple. But in the Kodiak Amiatinus, there's one folio, one turn page that's purple. And it's, um, it's like got on one side... What happened to the rest of my notes? Oh, there they are.
1: Princess Purple reigns.
0: Princess Purple, my... right? The purple. <laughs> on, on one side, it has a prologue and it talks about, you know, how to read what this book is, right? How to read the scriptures. And it says it's the Old and New Testament stuff. And you have one side and then the other. And on the back side, it, it has a list of the books, okay, that are in, included in this book. And then the next, the next, um, Thing that you see in this book if you're turning the pages is an image of the tabernacle which is the place where the Hebrews worshiped in the desert after they flee from Egypt and the the tabernacle has a veil right and in this in this image the veil is on the outer court but it's it's like this purple page has shown you to see to read this this book correctly you have to pass through the veil you have to pass through the interpretive frame to know what it is that you're looking at. And guess what? The interpretive frame is the worship. It's the liturgy. It's exactly what you were saying. The those Ethiopian guys said in the video, right? You can't just pick up the scripture and read it. There's a frame of understanding that you have to come to it with that you therefore know what it is you're looking at. And indeed, this book is not a novel. You don't sit down and read it from cover to cover, although you can. It's a practice. Right, And the practice is what you bring to the worship that we do in the modern version of the tabernacle, which is the church. So there's you know the the sacrifices and the the you know the singing and and so forth. So we've passed through the veil into the tabernacle. Now we're going to figure out how to read the book, which we then get like the Old Testament, all the Old Testament, and then we get to the end of the Old Testament Maccabees, and on the back. Of the same folio at the end of maccabees we have this image that i'm showing now which is the revelation of christ it's the maestas and christ is shown in heaven surrounded by the angels so he's like an ark the ark but surrounded by the four gospels so we only see christ clearly through the harmony of the gospels which we then get the canon tables for right so there's this whole repertoire of frames that you go through in order to get to the place where you understand what kind of story it is you're you're reading. Can you speak so I know that you still are with us? No, we lost you. (laughs) Got to start over. There you go. We have, okay, so now the chat's I'm woken back up.
1: There's the veil gone in and out, in and out. All in and out of the
0: veil, right? So yeah. Mel, Script and papyrus created the social environment we think of in connection with the empires of the ancient world. McLuhan. Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, so we've gone through the veil. You're back.
1: You're, sitting, back. In,
0: you're sitting in front of your I got gold my veil. Anchor.
1: I, got my, I got my cross as my anchor. So right. I'm going in and out um, and the, the thing is, modern
0: Bibles tell you this kind of thing, too, but most people don't think of all of that. Right. It's like, I mean, well, the problem with Genesis is it doesn't say who wrote it. Right. But we've got prefaces. Actually, this Bible doesn't have enough. You don't just sit down and read this. You come to it through this whole interpretive frame to get to the point where you can be engaging with it in the way that that um, it makes sense.
1: Yes. Well, I, I'm thinking of the it's a, it is a kind of unification between Dreamtime and BCAD at the same mm. time, because we have Dreamtime here, which is past, present, and future, which is on a kind of continuum that is unified all at once. Which oh hello, <laughs> we have we have
0: so many so many media <laughs> things happening today.
1: <laughs> <There's>, it is wild. <laughs> (laughs) um yeah so there there's this kind of uh continuum which you're in which is very chaotic without bc ad distinction but if you're only thinking in terms of the bc and ad distinction you can't move into the scriptures as a living reality that is constantly continuously happening so uh then the apocalypse looks like something that's going to happen off in the future instead of something that's happening throughout the experience of the church in the world. Because that is essentially what the revelation of Christ is. When when the, the, the book of the apocalypse is talking about the woman going out into the wilderness and being chased by the dragon, this is what's happening throughout the history of the church.
0: Right. Well as revelation. Which is how right? we so read it's it. all it's all yeah, it's, it's revelation. Constantly yes. revelation. And, um, I mean this, so then this is the, it, it Sorry, how do I say this? You, you do actually have to believe in heaven and earth (laughs) in order for this to make sense. Um, That there is a, Eruption into our understanding from heaven and that the scriptures are giving us this this frame to be able to see that and that they are I'm showing now the rainbow image of the scriptures talking to each other the scriptures talk to each other right it's like it's not just this you know beginning to end book it's it's constantly referencing back and forth so I said Matthew was you know referencing the the fulfillment but that the apocalypse only makes sense if you know what it's revealing in of Of Genesis, the prophets are yes. only understandable if you see Christ you know fulfilling what they said about him this this self referentiality of the of the scriptures is 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 a you know a representation of the self referentiality of the incarnation that God shows himself to us through Christ, and that we have to then see how that touches on everything else and that that is mm-hmm. always what the church is trying to say is this is how we test the truth of something is it does it resonate with this
1: reality mm. in communion right. not individually right
0: And you went silent again. I can't believe this.
1: <laughs> with the saints.
0: Yay, yes, they're resonating with the saints. <laughs> I don't know why this is I'm happening. Doing that. I'm
1: doing battle with the microphone demons now.
0: It's well. It yeah. as as you as usual topical, topically for our theme. We got to pick something next yeah. time that doesn't do media interruptions.
1: <laughs> so I'm what's watching. what's interesting
0: <laughs> is I'd say we have trust in the reality of history because we actually believe in this kind of correspondence in other yes. ways. So in the sort of rationality, the logos of Christianity, claims that we can have some kind of correspondence between. What we think it says in Tacitus in that eighth, ninth century Saint Switzer, Swiss copy from St. Gall, mm-hmm. with what we know from the archaeology of the ancient world, that we're constantly testing the history against other kinds, you know, it's like you're in conversation, that history mm-hmm. isn't, oh, yes, it happened, and we can prove that, and Tacitus says this, therefore Paul is lying. It, mm-hmm. That's not the way it works.
1: So it's streaming. Yeah. Yeah. History is streaming, with all of these different streamers that are having conversations with each other and trying to figure out what's going on. Hmm. Yeah.
0: And then and then there's a sort of completely you know we we referred to it a few times the sort of mundane problem of Jesus talked in his lifetime, a lot of people heard him. People seem to remembered things. I, I I thought about this the first time I I went out, back when I was first watching Milo's speeches and he would repeat the same thing over and over again. I've noticed it was a yay. Of, a lot of our oral, our oral performers do this. They repeat the same stuff a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and and you can see it's like if Jesus taught, I mean, he always said, he, I mean, the gospels say, he said he taught consistently. He probably used some of those stories more than once. Yeah, probably. Right um it you know that our our sense of the the what jesus actually said is is about the same as knowing exactly what you know if you you'd have to listen to all of owen's streams to know exactly what owen said and they're recorded and such but you could listen to a bunch of them and then come away from it going yes he said that that's the kind of thing owen says over and over and over again that's the kind of thing vox says over and over and over again that's the kind of thing yay says over and over and over again if it's sung it's it's actually more durably memorable because you can sing it again Mm -hmm. and again and again but we can see this in our media moment now the streaming it's like the people say this probably one of the reasons I'm hard to understand is I don't repeat myself enough so we can assume that Jesus in his teaching to the people repeated various anecdotes and stories a number of times That somehow, because the oral, we're in an oral culture, there's always an oral culture because there's always people mainly talking. Mm -hmm. And then some of that gets media recorded in other ways.
1: It's like hip hop. Yeah. Yeah, it's like hip hop. It's oral culture that gets recorded and distributed and repeated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah yeah yay (laughs) yay (laughs) so i mean what's delightful about this is it means that we are in a moment as we started with yay right in which we can actually see this kind of um moment playing out right this 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 person who speaks in a way that's memorable to crowds that then begin living by the phrases that he uses, which is why, you know, we worry about it and it's powerful and and so forth because human beings seem to do this. And that, that then we test by, I I do think the fruit test is, is appropriate. We test by the effect that this has on their, their lives, on their interactions with each other, on the culture that builds up around them. And that the church is, you know, it's, it's that, that 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 community of worship, that community of remembrance that community of um storytelling, but it also becomes the 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 culture of the way people behave with each other, and you know a fundamental value of that tradition is telling the truth
1: mm-hmm yep confession Mm-hmm.
0: Over and over and over again, the one thing that this tradition seems to say is let your yes be yes and your no be no. Tell the truth yeah. about yourself, about each other. Don't bear false witness. There's nothing. I mean, okay, so there's some Jes- there's some casuistry that develops in the 17th or 18th century. Michael Hoffman has some interesting things about that. We're not doing that right now. This is not the history of the church, but the <laughs> the um, the sort of core culture of Christianity seems to be truth telling. I am the way, the life, and the truth so Mm -hmm. the that at least is the standard that we're supposed to judge the tradition by it tells us that
1: yes and i suppose the greatest witness to the veracity of their claim is that the saints were willing to be martyred for what they were saying yeah you're not going to you're not going to be put to death willingly for something that you're lying about
0: one assumes making, not
1: <laughs> i mean well i mean I, like i said it years ago like no one just decides to walk to syria one day to tell stories about a resurrected hebrew man like <laughs> and risk death why right why would you do it you know
0: well i mean with that so we could we could do another stream on these sort of you know the collective delusion of of the resurrection but it's it's an amazingly powerful collective delusion and mm. it seems to you know, it's like, I think, I think there's a, the, this one was on Scrolls and Trolls and the the problem of, you know, sort of how do we know what is historically real? Um, I think the, the, what does it mean to live as a Christian? What does it mean to live by the things that, you know, were preserved and ended up being printed in these books? That I think is another, another layer for us. What what does it mean to be Christian? Mm-hmm. If we're allowed to speak as women. <laughs>
1: You might have to talk about female saints again. (laughs) Oh, we there's see this (laughs) the the great thing about this is it's an inexhaustible
0: topic, right? We can just keep it keep the the referentiality keeps flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Mel says river run commodious vicus of recirculation. Yes, right, and that's why Finnegan's Wake is actually playing on this. It's the reference, self-referentiality, not in a um, Ouroboros, you know, eating its own tail way, but in a growing in reality and truth, that experience. Mm-hmm. And that we're constantly testing what, I mean, the it says, angel of the Lord kept saying the same things. I hate feeling like I have to repeat myself. Well, we do have to repeat ourselves and that's, you know, the test of consistency and and truthfulness. And can you, you know, judge what I said yesterday by what I'm saying today? Yes, that we are meant to be bound yes. by the, the 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 words that we said. But that doesn't mean that Paul is lying because he 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 gives one kind of argument in one context and one kind of another kind of I'm going to talk in this medium in a different way than I'm going to write in my academic books. I'm still the same person and I'm still speaking the truth, I hope.
1: Mm. Jesus is king. when repeating. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're in a media war as Christians. It's a media war. Yes. Mm. Which we understand. uh uh, uh, everyone on unauthorized tv understands because it's the the reason for the existence of the platform (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah which means the compilation on the platform is 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 demonstrating this problem of the the church compiling the books yes exactly the same thing do we trust do we trust the people on on unauthorized tv are compiling the truth or are they just compiling another fan fiction narrative
0: Yoo-hoo. edgy
1: <laughs> yeah well it's the that's it i mean do you trust do you trust the platform do we trust the church or do we then uh discard everything that it's compiled and all the streamers indeed uh
0: but the that we're in this uh, this the streaming now is there there've been different moments when people have been aware of them fa- the, themselves of being in a community of conversation right but the the um in printing right obviously people are very excited by the communication they can have through print but various periods have been letter writing periods right republic of letters is you know people are exchanging letters um that we're now in this moment when not just that you know, people can broadcast, and therefore, everybody has been thinking about Hitler for the last week, thanks to Ye, Um, that you can you know, tr- transmit your voice amplified by the microphone or by the radio or, or you know, that McLuhan moment. But now that we are able to do this, these overlapping conversations because of these live streams and do them around the world, even though <laughs> Skype keeps making you si- silent. Uh, the the you know the proper understanding is that the spirit works through all of us now that if we are, we're open to the spirit we can be speaking as a single church and a single understanding but the test is I mean this is this is what the 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 claim of the test of the tradition was always if it's consistent with the tradition okay I think I lost you again yep. we're gonna do jazz hands while we wait for kilts to come back and she's back i'm glad you've gotten quicker at that
1: (laughs) yeah now i'm just used used to it um (laughs) you won't get rid of me um so yeah we need to be tried like truly tried that's what it means to be tried right yeah everyone wants traditional culture but it's like no we want our tradition we want church tradition we rely on church tradition to be the medium for our historical understanding for our narrative as christians and without it we don't have any consistency tradition medieval I'm not going to say anything 21st else century
0: medieval it's and, yeah. and that that kind of i think that this resonance is i still have the image of the the um, scripture rainbow up right that that, that yeah. scripture is resonating with itself it's it's this it's it's a love beautifully acoustic understanding of the word speaking into our experience
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's a good way of ending it
0: I think I think I think we have we have come back round to the rap we are wrapping yeah we've wrapped round we've wrapped 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 We've wrapped around the rap. See what I did there? That's so cool. I could be <laughs> yeah. a rapper. I wonder I wonder I wonder if EA will hire me as a as a writer. Um okay, so paper eating bear. Like you recently said Genesis and Revelation, which is which? Yes. It it Genesis is a revelation. Revelation yeah. shows us the creation. Mel, the unique character of the public created by printed word was an intense and visually oriented self-consciousness, both the individual and the group, McLuhan. Mel does her homework in Print World, <laughs> which means we wrap back around there. Yes, so that's yes. I, I, I think I think this is a good this is a good wrap. It's a wrap. We wrapped. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> we be here. We be gone. I ho- I f- I hope this was only we be streaming. We be streaming. I hope this is the only. Yeah. Yeah, and Ye's mom actually studied ebonics, which we can talk about. We still need to – we're going to keep oh, – yeah. we're, we're going to be – it's like when when um the streamers get on, it's like it's, it's going to be really good. We're going to talk about this. We're going to just keep promising talking about English indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> one, day, one day we'll get to this, the actual language problem of the language that we're trying to talk in.
1: Yeah, that would be a good one to do. Maybe next week. Who knows? We've, so some, we've
0: had some requests for m- thinking on Christmas and whether it's pagan or not, uh-huh. Uh that'll be short. No, but, <laughs> um, and next week, next week, I'm back in my mother's basement, hopefully. So we'll have, we'll have the meta levels of, <laughs> of me on, on, on the, the mom, the mom internet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Back in the basement.
0: I'll be back in the basement. Seen, seen as some some streamers are no longer in their mother's basement. I'll be back in mine. No. Yeah.
1: Basement catacombs. All right. Ew. I'm gonna run. I am going to go. I'm okay.
0: Put the okay. Well, I you know, I think we did it. Did we do it? Do
1: we? Did we make the point we needed to? I think so. Okay. I feel I feel like I can sufficiently hammer people now that are trying to give me the Sola scriptura spiel. That was our goal. Thank you for joining us.